November 2018, I sat in front of an interview panel competing for a job as an administrative assistant. It paid $14 an hour and required a degree. <laughs> With sweaty palms, a racing heart, and the knowledge that I was just one of many interviewing, I wondered, how could I stand out to be picked? After several interviews, I struggled to stand out from the herd, but I knew I knew I was a powerful asset to have and they just couldn't see it. I'm teachable, determined, and scrappy when I need to be, but I couldn't help them see that. One call to a friend changed everything when she said, why don't you work for clients online instead of in person? Something shifted in me and I started researching becoming a virtual assistant. I read articles, paid for courses to teach me how to launch and asked questions to others in the industry. And I learned this shit sounded stagnant. <laughs> Sure, they were virtual, but they were still embodying the corporate rigidity and mindset. And if I was gonna do this, I was gonna do it in an entirely different way. So I put on my blinders and launched a business without using any of the lessons, feedback, and guides I had in front of me. And within two weeks, I was fully built. Within one year, I was earning double the income I would've if I'd accepted a job offer from any of those interview panels. And then I started teaching others to do the same. Hi, I'm Lorelai Taylor. This podcast is where we candidly share our journeys. Mine as an initiator to an entirely different kind of virtual assistant business and Marcel's as an integrator who took my lessons and did it in her own way too. You get both of our perspectives in an unscripted, free-spirited, and joyful approach to launching, running, and up-leveling your own VA business. Let's go to the show. Today, we're talking about something super sexy. <laughs> no. No, today we're going to talk about the new regulation <laughs> required for emailing, email marketing, especially when you send to Gmail and Yahoo accounts. So this may not be the most fun sounding topic, but I promise you through this episode, we're going to give you some really quick and actionable steps to make this process one, feel a lot clearer because we've done the research for you. And two, we'll walk you through how to do it. And before we get into it, I just want to let you know, it's way easier than it sounds way easier. We've been doing this for all of our clients. So we have like a good muscle memory built in. So what are the changes that are happening behind Google and Yahoo? They are requiring that you have a domain connected to your emailing, like to whatever email platform you use to email to bulk groups of people. And bulk is defined as more than 5,000 emails sent and delivered to email accounts in a given 24 hour period. The reason they're doing this is because of the high amount of spam emails that have been going out to people. And so they're like, how can we protect this a little bit? And by having it connected to a verified domain that someone pays for, it's it's not much money. It's like $10 a year. But that's enough to say like someone has vested interest <laughs> in this email account and they're not just creating a Gmail and sending it to people, having them, you know, send them money for from a prince in Egypt or something. <laughs> Another thing is, is all of these emails that are being sent, they have to store them. It's not just like, you know, when an email is sent and stored in your inbox, it's not just like in the air. 
it has to go to some server somewhere and be saved. And Yahoo and Google are tired of saving emails from 2004, letting us know what shoes are popular. They just don't want to hold it anymore. This right. is also why if you're inactive with a Yahoo or Gmail account for an extended period of time, they are shutting them down and deleting all the emails just to free up space for the emails that we actually want to receive. So it's good news. It is good news. We'll, we should see less spam emails, less junk mail in our, our primary folders, and we'll have more power to decide what types of emails we want to receive. The only thing that I would say is it's a little worrisome if you don't do this, because from what it seems like, for every 1,000 emails sent, you can get one spam email before going into basically like an email jail. That's yeah. like, oh boy, like that's a good indication you should be cleaning out your email and really sending to the people that want you. On that note, please use that mark as spam option in your email purposefully. Because yeah. if if it's not spam, I saw one member, she was like, this, this person in their audience had been a member for 10 years and had signed up for multiple paid programs and then all of a sudden marked them as spam. And they were like, oh, gut punch. And it's not, it's not spam. Some people have used it as an easy way to delete it or unsubscribe from their inbox. And that shouldn't be necessary anymore because one of the regulations that is included in this little new rules bundle is a, a one-click unsubscribe is now required in all emails. And that's just great. You know, I know when I'm like going through my inbox and trying to clean out things that I don't want to receive anymore, sometimes you click unsubscribe and it's like, it takes you to the website and then you got to log in. And it's like <laughs> 20 things. And then you're like, which email did I even use for this? So <laughs> annoying. I love when it's up at the top and you just click unsubscribe and they're like, and you're done. It's like, and wow, you're done. that was so nice. Remember that feeling for <laughs> your customers too. Okay. Absolutely. And uns unsubscribes are not bad news. They're no. really not. I know that a lot of people are working to grow their email list to this big number. And so they can get lost in that goal number, but when people unsubscribe, they're giving you a gift by making your audience even more potent. Mm -hmm. And that's always a good yeah. thing. Yeah, it's funneling into just the people that truly want you. Like that mm -hmm. just makes it so much nicer. You're not yeah. worrying about catering to somebody that doesn't care about you. Yep. And then one last thing before we get into the nitty gritty of how this all works is that trends are changing right now. With the introduction of AI, with ChatGBT, audience members are looking for something that goes a little bit deeper and connects more. They're looking for things that can't be said by AI, which means that long format text, such as emails with storytelling, such as social media posts with storytelling, with more for them to read, that's becoming more popular, which is great news for me. And if you're someone who likes to like dance on TikTok, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm a little more bummed because I like a bullet point. I like you just, mm. I don't need a story. I just need what you're wanting from me or what. Which is a great is point to me. do both. <laughs> yeah, it it's a great and point to do time. both. But I think <laughs> just 
with like the storytelling, that's where it's going to be key is really doing a good job at the storytelling. Because sometimes if you're just using like all the AI features, which are great tools, but they can try and tell your story, but it's going to be obvious to the audience that it's, it was not personalized. So be careful with that. Yep. We're not anti-AI, but maybe once you get what you want from AI, then add in your story and infuse it with the words that you would normally use. So your audience is like, oh, I know this is her uh, or yeah. I know it's them. Yeah. yeah. It's a tool, not the end all be all, but I think we're probably going to do an episode about this. So we probably don't need to yeah. say more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. How do you know if this information relates to you? So if you use an email marketing platform to connect with your audience, such as Flowdesk, ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, ConvertKit, et cetera, all kinds of these, these types of email platforms, you're using that connect to connect with your audience and you could potentially be sending 5,000 plus emails in any given 24 hour period. Now you may be thinking like, I have a thousand people on my email list. I'm not at risk. I don't need to do that. That's a choice. If you're looking to grow your business and pull more people into your email automations, I think this is the perfect time to just make sure you have all of your boxes checked to make sure you meet the legal requirements so that if for some reason more than 5,000 emails go out, which is pretty easy to do, you know, like yeah. I have a client with 3,000 on her email list. She has a potent and really responsive email list. If we send two, in, a, in any 24 hour period, which just could be like one day to the next that she meets that threshold. Yeah. Additionally, Marcel, you had a good point. You were talking about the longer you have your domain, the more seasoned it is, right? So yeah, the longer you have the domain, the more seasoned it is. They look at the security of your account and the newer your account is, the higher risk it is. So even if you don't meet these thresholds right now, we want to encourage you that if you're looking to grow at all, just do it so that you have that seasoned account and it's not a higher risk for them. Mm -hmm. So when is this required? They're nonspecific. Google and Yahoo say February. <laughs> like, what does that mean? We're halfway through the month. So I don't know. But I think a lot of people are looking at it as February 1st, just to make sure their their bases are covered. It is something that they're rolling out slowly. And I've also read that by April 1st, it should be complete these new yeah. regulations. So if you haven't acted on that, I suggest doing that now. And if you're listening to this outside of this big change season, maybe it's like further down the line and you're just getting things set up and you want to make sure they're all good to go, then I would say do this immediately before you send anywhere near 5,000 emails. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to start an account with any marketing platforms, that is your time to get the domain and to set up the email with it. Like, just do it. You know, we hesitated on this. We didn't do this. I know like, we didn't. We're today years old. <laughs> We've been just using yourvalab at gmail.com mm -hmm. and it worked and it was fine and there was no reason not to. We had a domain. We were using a domain. We just hadn't taken that extra step to creating a domain-specific email address. But I got to say, I like how official it feels. It's different. I don't know. Yeah. It, it lands in the inbox differently from Gmail or from like yourvalab.com. Yeah, it is nicer. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about how 
Let's talk about how to get this done. Let's get really clear. So first, you need four things and we're gonna break them down. We're gonna go to each one. First, you need an email marketing platform, which is like Flodas, ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, whatever. It's one of those. You need a custom domain, which is a website. Your domain is your website. It is www.yourbusiness.com. You need a custom domain email, which is you connecting your, your domain to an email provider. We'll go into that so that when people you're emailing people, it doesn't say gmail.com, yahoo.com, any of that. And you need a quick and easy way for people to unsubscribe and or manage their preferences with you. So let's break these down. So your email marketing platform is what you'll need if you are going to communicate with anybody in your audience on a, on a consistent basis. If you're going to have automations such as they have an opt-in that they're grabbing a free offer and you want it to be delivered automatically. If you have a paid platform and you want them to get the information, you'll use something like Flowdesk, ActiveCampaign, I've already mentioned those. I think most any business working will have some kind of email marketing platform that they're working with especially because you don't want to rely on something like social media to always be the way that you're connecting with your audience. Because if it goes away, what then? You want to have some kind of redundancy with how you're communicating with your audience. The second thing is the custom domain. The domain, people panic because they think they need to have a website. Like they associate the two things together when they're actually separate. You can purchase a domain without having to set up a website. That's important. Not everybody is ready to build a website and that can freak you out. <laughs> like it can be overwhelming when you're thinking you're brand new and you're trying to just collect emails the right way. Don't worry, it's okay. You don't need to create a website. You don't need a website <laughs> platform. You just need to worry about the domain. The domain can be purchased at places like GoDaddy. GoDaddy's a great place. For Name sure. Cheap. Yeah, Namecheap's good. Bluehost you can do. I mean, there's quite a few out there. So purchase the domain. Don't worry about the website right away. All three of those that you just mentioned for purchasing your domain, GoDaddy, Namecheap, and Bluehost, I've had experience with all three and their customer service, and they're wonderful. They're wonderful. You're not just like signing up with a company that you'll never talk to. They will actually interact with you, help, problem solve, troubleshoot, all that. Yeah, it, they are good. I haven't used Bluehost, but I trust what you're saying to be true. My only hesitation with Bluehost is when I connected our Flowdesk to Bluehost, it was just a little bit trickier to set up. So if you are more green when it comes to email providers, I would say probably GoDaddy or Namecheap will be the easier ones to get started with. Yeah. And when you're going with the domain, we actually recommend using one of these platforms rather than purchasing through a website platform like WordPress or Squarespace, because that's all they do is do domains where the websites do lots of other things. And you never know when you're going to switch and it's just like switch website platform. So it's just easier to purchase through a domain-based platform, your domain. So we strongly encourage you to purchase from one of these rather than a website itself. Yeah. There's also a question of who owns the content. Yeah. If you purchase through a website building platform, it's 
it's unsure who owns that content. Whereas if you go to one of the ones that they only do domains, one, their safety features are way better. You have that two-factor authentication when you log in, that you have you have things on the back end that they put in place to keep your website safe. And you know you own the content within it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely suggest choosing something that has a .com, not a .co. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it can get confusing to go to. Like I wanted to buy laureleitaylor.com and it's not available, but laureleitaylor.co was. And I just think that's way too confusing for my audience because they're going to type .com automatically and get sent to the wrong place. Yeah. So next you need a custom domain email. And that just means that when people are emailing you, it'll say at your domain dot com instead of at gmail.com or at yahoo.com one that looks way more professional i love this and two this helps you become legal and you're following the regulations to ensure that your emails are actually getting into your audience's inbox now you can do this through a, a few different ways number one and the one that we suggest most is through Google Workspace through G Suite. It's where you just work with Google specifically to create your custom domain email. And I love this because as your business grows, you can add in other members. So like for us, we could have Marcel at yourvalab.com or Lorelai at yourvalab.com, or you can just have one. It doesn't matter. It, it's the type of service that'll grow with you. You can also pers- purchase a custom domain email through your domain provider. Like say you're in GoDaddy and they say, do you want to add on an email service with this? You can do that. And a lot of times it's it's cheaper. I know for Namecheap, it was like $14.88 for a whole year. <laughs> and that looked like it would be a good option until I realized that it was a lesser known emailing platform that we've ever used. It was like jellyfish or something like that. And I feel more drawn to keeping all my inboxes within Gmail because I'm more likely to check them and get notifications. I don't have to have an extra app on my phone just for myself. And for our business, we're choosing to go through G Suite. GoDaddy uses the Outlook or the Microsoft 365, which I think is nice because Microsoft has in like these built-in added security features that some of these other platforms just don't seem to have at least yet, or that I'm aware of. It seems to be that Microsoft is a little bit ahead of the security game in that one. But maybe with all these changes that that like Google and Yahoo are doing, that's probably what they're getting up to is what Microsoft already seems to be at. So I don't think that's a bad option. Like if I'm going to purchase outside of where my email already is, it would probably be the GoDaddy with the Outlook. Yeah, I agree. And you can always have them forwarding the emails to your Gmail account. Like, Oh yeah, you're right. Just completely never go into Outlook because everything's being forwarded to the one email platform that you're wanting. So there is that too. Yeah, it's a little bit trickier, but it's totally an option. Yeah. The last thing you need is a place for your audience to unsubscribe with one click. Now, this is a pretty easy to do because most email providers already have this built in. We use Flowdesk and it is at the bottom of every email, whether or not you want it to be there, you can't, you can't delete it. 
Now, one thing that I've been doing is moving that to the top so that they can see it straight away. And then also sending them an email blast that reminds them why they're on the list and gives them the opportunity to unsubscribe. I know you've done that as well, right, Marcel? Yeah, I think it's nice because it reminds them why they're here in the first place. Um, I also say like throw in like reasons why you want to stay and then, you know, let them decide what they're wanting. Yeah. A great way to do this is updating your manage preferences section of your email provider. Now in Flowdesk, what that looks like is attaching segments, which is just groupings of your audience into a category. So connecting segments to the little toggles where they can turn it on, turn it off. Now, for example, your VA lab, we have a very segmented audience. We have a good portion of our audience is entrepreneurs looking to hire a VA and wanting assistance with that process. And then the majority of our audience is people who are VAs or who would like to be VAs coming to us for advice and tips and tricks along the way. It doesn't make sense to email an entrepreneur with how to start their virtual assistant business. It doesn't, you're going to get more of an unsubscribe or marked as spam because they're like, what are we even doing? I've never been interested in this. They're spamming me. We don't want, we don't want to send them any information that's not relevant to them because this will help build the no like trust factor that they're having and it'll help them feel seen by your brand. So using that manage preferences to segment your audience into different types. This could be like paid customers or unpaid customers. Maybe unpaid customers are people who have followed you from a free offer you, you did, or like maybe they want podcast drop reminders, whatever. This could also be in one of the businesses that I worked with, we had people opt into their income level. So we had like a little form and it could indicate what their income level was with their business. And that popped them into a segment or a category specific for that. So then we could better talk to people because someone who's making seven figures will need different advice than someone who's just starting out and hasn't made their first dollar yet. So getting creative with how you segment your audience to ensure that the emails you're sending them are exactly what they want to hear. Google and Yahoo are making that a requirement. The unsubscribe is absolutely a requirement and the manage your preferences is how you're gonna retain people in a way that they like. Now, if you need more, we've attached some links and resources we used in the show note, check those out. I also want to say real quick that if you're not really sure how to get your specific email marketing platform connected to your domain, check out Facebook. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I Facebook know. groups <laughs> have been such a powerful way to learn. So I, I went into the Flowdesk Insiders. That's the one that I went to. And we checked before we said this to make sure that the majority of email marketing platforms have a support group on Facebook and every single one that we looked up has one. So that Flowdesk Insiders, I had a hard time connecting one of the businesses with Bluehost. It just was a little bit different because they had changed their options in the back end and they weren't doing the automatic authenticator that Flowdesk has built in. So I went into the Flowdesk Insiders group and I just typed in Bluehost and all my answers were there. It was like other people had had issues with it and they were like, hey, these are the steps or the people like Flowdesk responds. The people behind Flowdesk are in that, that group responding quite a bit. So if you haven't researched your email provider, we really recommend doing that in Facebook. 
utilize those Mm. groups because they really are that good. Like it's weird. Facebook feels old to me right now. And it's been a great tool for this. Not going to lie. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing would be YouTube. YouTube's a YouTube university, man. I tell you, you can learn so much. Mm -hmm. It's so great. I know we've mentioned them in prior episodes, but it's just that good. Go utilize that. Search some stuff there. What else? Go to your email marketing Q&A. That's a great one as well. Like sometimes I think we just forget to go straight to the source. We're just like everywhere else. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, actually just, just head there first. It's pretty good. Especially because these, these companies are the ones that were affected the most. They've had to rally and make changes really fast to follow these new requirements that are on them. And also podcasts, which you don't Yay. need to know because you're here. You did it. It's really so much easier than you could you could imagine. I would say for each business I did this for, it probably took me maybe 30 minutes beginning to end. And then and then you need to go back and verify within like 24 hours because it does take 24 hours for some of the changes to be visible, but it's a pretty quick process. And then cost, I think we pay around $10 a year for our domain. And then email through G Suite is going to be around $7 a month. It's not that bad. Yeah. So I know we dropped a ton of information and I know I felt completely overwhelmed when we were first having to like look into this. I was like, I think I was overthinking a lot of it to the point where I was almost freezing. And eventually I just, and I do this to myself a lot, but I had to just go, okay, just do the darn thing. <laughs> and once, once you're really just doing it, it's not that bad, especially, I mean, the easiest is when they already have a domain and you can just bloop, bloop, done. Like it's so mm-hmm. easy. But even the process of starting from scratch, there's some steps, but it's pretty simple. So hopefully we were able to help. And in our show notes, we're going to have a lot of links to some places that we were looking and and things like that. So hopefully this helps you and we'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, send us a DM or tag us on Instagram at your VA lab. We would love, love, love to hear from you. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, we invite you to do so. Leave us a review if we've said something that has helped you. We are loving seeing our little podcast take off. It's just been so cool. The feedback, the downloads we've received and it's just it means so much to us that we're able to help you out in your business so that's it for this week we will see you next week bye guys make sure you follow the show to get notified when new episodes drop and if you're ready to learn more about launching your own virtual assistant business check the show notes for info on how you can launch quickly and easily with your va lab We're so glad you're here.